What's going on, guys? Welcome to the IST Podcast. Uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Alex. I'm Joe. And I'm Chris. And today we'll be talking about uh, modifying CrossFit for the best results possible for all of you. Um, we'll start. Our topic will be substitution versus scaling, kind of the differences between both, maybe even talk about some time caps. So uh, I'll send it over to Chris and we'll start with that. Uh, we're going to talk about substituting different movements due to physical limitations. Um, we're talking about athletes that have uh, been either injured or um, just their genetic makeup, um, bone structure might limit them in doing certain movements. Um, I'll start off with myself as an example. Um, due to uh, years of sports and, and other things, uh, I've got uh, a limitation, particularly with my left shoulder. Uh, had it x-rayed. Uh, and there's some bony growth on the top of my humerus, the head of the humerus, and uh, I'm fairly limited in overhead movements. Uh, while I don't have pain, um, getting my uh, arm overhead in a structurally sound and safe position, uh, holding weights, uh, is, is pretty challenging. Um, not with pain, but it's just getting that, um, that arm, that hand, the, the, the weight secured overhead, it, it really um, is, a, is a struggle. And as a result, I have to either find different movements or significantly decrease uh, the weight. So that's just uh, an example for myself. Joe, you got something to add? I think the, the biggest difference with substitution and scaling is scaling, there's kind of an eventual goal to maybe and a progression to move towards something. Substitution where it might be, you know, short-term, like an injury where we have to work around something. Um, I think substitution presents more of an issue for a lot of people where it's chronic. So like in your case, this is something that it's not going to just improve with a progression or working on a skill or something. It's something that's going to be there for a long time. So there's your biggest difference versus scaling where we can have some strategies to work towards maybe progressing the skill or something like that. Yeah, and uh, like you said there, substitution, and another easy example is someone has issues with their knees and squatting doesn't feel great. Uh, instead of maybe reducing load in squatting, we just might change the squat to a hinge. So we're still getting a little bit of lower body. It's not necessarily the exact same muscle groups used in a squat, but uh, it's similar. Maybe it elevates the heart rate to the same effect that the squat would, uh, and that's how we would substitute there. And we could even substitute with uh, foot injuries. I know we've had athletes with foot injuries where we have to substitute out any any squatting, um, deadlifting, any of that, uh, utilizing biking and maybe skiing instead or more upper body movements. So be pretty creative with those substitutes. Uh, another example that we've had just recently is substituting maybe a toe bar or knee raise to a pike or sit up on the ground um, due to maybe some shoulder discomfort they someone's been having, whether it's for the past two, three weeks or very short term. Um, so you can have the same number, 10 toe to bar um, is kind of the prescribed number. We could substitute with 15 to 20 pikes on the ground or 20 hanging knee raises as a scale. So a little bit of different options there. Uh, a common movement that we do uh, is like front squat, for example. It's, uh, it, it's more common in men to have some limitation in the wrist, uh, racking that bar in the front rack position. Uh, some, you know, even young athletes uh, have had wrist injuries due to hockey, football, basketball, uh, and they cannot physically 
get that bar in a, in a safe uh, and uh, secure position on that front rack uh, while front squatting. So we might have to transition to a, a dumbbell or a two dumbbell front squat where they can hold the weight securely and and move efficiently and, and, and how we want them to. Uh, so that would be a substitution from a barbell to a dumbbell for that type of movement. And scaling doesn't always just have to revolve around maybe a limitation or, um, you know, some sort of pre-existing issue. Uh, it's also su super helpful in preserving intensity. So when we're talking about maybe a workout on the machines and there's a prescribed work to rest ratio where we want everybody in the class to feel kind of the same way as far as we're exerting the same amount of relative effort. Scaling can be really effective like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some strategies here that we use. Maybe like a one-mile bike for male or a 0.8-mile bike for females or something along those lines. Can you, can you guys think of anything else that we commonly do there maybe? Yeah, with scaling, I think uh, when it's on machines – we might give a time, you know, you should be done with this in two minutes or you should be done with this in two and a half minutes. Uh, and, and it should feel very hard to complete it in that time frame versus maybe we have other workouts where uh, you can finish it and you don't feel that tired. And then you can move right into the next movement, uh, which maybe is like a deadlift or something like that. But we have all sorts of different workouts. So when we go down the line, we kind of explain how it should feel uh, around how long it should take. And like I said, everyone's different, but that's when we need to scale. Yeah, I, I think running might be another good example. Uh, maybe you're not a strong runner and the workout calls for running and some sort of squat inside. We don't want you taking three, four minutes to do a 400-meter run and not get much um, weight training inside. Uh, we'd rather you scale back the distance on that run so you can get in and get some desired work in that we've, we want you to get. Um, I, again, so you're not just running the entire time, which many of us maybe don't like on that end uh, I think of like uh, certain movements like a, a barbell thruster um, where you know if the if we're doing say 21 reps of a barbell thruster uh, and our higher level athletes are able to complete 21 reps unbroken and you've got a beginner that's coming in and who who's been at um, this type of exercise for you know a month or two months they're certainly unlikely to be able to uh, perform those 21 reps without taking a break uh, at the same weight. Uh, we want them to scale it back where they're able to, uh, well, they can still struggle, but still um, complete it safely, those 21 reps, with a, a lighter weight uh, until they increase and improve their, their work capacity and their strength in that movement. So we'll scale a weight down um, in order for... Uh, a newer athlete or, or um, uh, another athlete to be able to still complete those reps uh, without taking a break. Um, but again, relative intensity is going to be similar for the higher level athlete as it is for the, for the newer athlete. And that really goes into our role <clears throat> as coaches to kind of, we need to know who's in our class. We need to know what the workout is, why we programmed it the way we did kind of going back to what we talked about last episode. And then that's going to allow us to get everybody the same feel in the workout, that relative intensity of everybody feels the same way, no matter if you attack the workout, like you said, right. unbroken versus, mm -hmm. you know, maybe using a lighter weight, trying to 
increase your intensity there for volume or whatever. So there's right. a lot of different strategies, but that falls on us. Yeah, as exactly. kind of as, like you say yeah. that that's that's our job as coaches to uh, know the athlete and um, help the athlete select the the right weight. Um, yeah. It would be a disservice if we um, asked or told an athlete to use a, a weight that's be outside of their abilities. And and our goal is when we're walking around is even to make maybe make more individualized modifications. Uh, we might make suggestions or we do make suggestions at the board. But maybe individually we have some different options we, we should do. And I think we we try to do that as much as we can because we want you guys to have a great experience and everyone to have a great experience versus leaving here thinking, wow, that was awful. Um, not necessarily the goal for most of our most of our days here or all of our days here. Yeah, and just uh, to go at an added point to that, maybe you are strong enough to perform a certain movement for you know the reps we have written on the board but maybe we know that movement really blows you up, right? It irritates you. It decreases your recovery time. Uh, it's just very tough for you. So then you could even scale that even knowing that you could do it, but maybe you need to lighten the load for that day uh, so you can recover for further workouts. So just many different things we can do. Yeah, it's okay to scale parts of a workout. Uh, and, you know, in, in making changes like scaling the intensity or scaling the weight, it's not the expectation that we're, everybody in the class is going to finish at the same time or complete the same amount of work uh, in that given time frame. There's going to be s- significant variability there. Uh, and, that, and that's why we uh, certainly want everybody to be challenged, but like Brendan said, not defeated. Um, you know, like you've accomplished something uh, in that workout and are, and are getting better. Uh, it's, it's not realistic to... Uh, if, you, if you're brand new at the this type of exercise um, and you're the first one done a, a certain workout or you did the most reps um, in, in a given time frame, we might have taken it, um, scaled it back a little bit too much. Uh, we want certainly people to be challenged. Uh, and the goal, again, is not to compare yourself to others. And, and uh, we'll, we'll get more into that later. But um, we certainly want pe- people to be challenged and to to strive towards perfection uh, with movement quality, movement standards, and to overall become healthier and fitter. Something kind of unique about CrossFit too is that uh, the clock component. So you versus the clock kind of. And um, sometimes when we do workouts at our full time, we can utilize maybe an aggressive time cap as something to motivate somebody to, you know, push a little bit faster. That might not apply to everybody, but for some people where they know that this is a workout where they can maybe do the reps faster or this is something that they're really comfortable with, that's another way to increase intensity to um, overall produce a really good result of the workout. And it's something that we even try to factor in for the whole class. Like what is a reasonable time cap for everybody where you can still get have a positive feeling leaving the class, and, and so that and that's where different <clears throat> styles of workouts come into play too. We can have an AMRAP with smaller sets. That might be a nice time to push the weights and the skills, uh, because you might get four or five rounds in that, feel good, confident about the movements versus maybe a workout that's for time where you start with 30, 40 toe to bar for example, and it takes you two three minutes and. Um, you just don't feel good about yourself. I think there's times and places to push a little bit more as well. And as you get more advanced into 
and have more training age, you'll get better. And eventually, um, maybe we'll be scaling a little bit less. And with CrossFit, um, with all of these variables coming into play, that's why I think people need to move away from that mentality of scaling is a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a positive thing because intensity is going to create probably your quickest adaptation to becoming better at a movement or creating like a greater capacity for like total bar, for example. Mm-hmm. So an AMRAP is a really good example versus approaching larger sets. Yeah. So if you can scale the workout appropriately and we can give you the right prescription, you're going to progress faster than just kind of, you know, being a little bit bullheaded in a sense and saying, well, I'm going to RX the workout no matter what. Um, Cause in the long run, that's probably not going to be in your best interest. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times like an AMRAP, we give a goal number of rounds. Maybe it's a range, you know, complete between four and eight rounds. If you go do that workout and you want to go, uh, the heaviest weight listed and you end up with one round, you're missing out a lot of uh, other reps you could have completed uh, in that workout. So that would be a time where maybe you should have lightened the load or picked a different movement. And then on the other hand, maybe you get someone who gets 15 rounds and maybe they scaled too much. And uh, we've had people before, and I think this is great. Uh, you know, they said, I went too light today. I think that's a, a good idea, you know, initially. Really make sure it's going to be a safe movement. Um, but it's also good to note and understand when you can push for a little bit more uh, and kind of fall within the goal that we have set for you rather than always just going, you know, crazy light, crazy easy movements. I mean, there's a time and place for that, but not all the time. Yeah, I think you guys, I mean, just I mean, a lot of times trusting us, knowing that we know you well enough and we want to set you up for um, success. So if we, if we offer a scaling option, um, generally, obviously, to set you up for success there. And scaling, I think, gets a bad rap maybe, but we all do it to a certain degree. I know personally I've scaled workouts with larger loads because it just my intensity wouldn't be great. I'd be standing there looking at the bar. Um on workouts. So you got to scale back. I think everyone, there's a time and place for it. And it's not a negative thing at all. Um, okay. I, I think we can move on to kind of why we're modifying and, and substituting or scaling. Uh, and, and the first thing, I think the most important thing is safety. Um, we want long-term health, long-term fitness. We want to live long and uh, feel good later into our life. And then that's the first reason why we're, we're scaling or offering suggestions and modifying things. And that. Um, like Brennan said, safety and long-term health and fitness. Uh, it's as we get older and I'll, like myself, I'm 43 years old. I'm not 23 anymore. Uh, my body feels different. Uh, I might not be as competitive as some of the younger athletes, there's older athletes than me that are competitive and they feel different. Their bodies feel different than, than mine do. Uh, I look at my, I, I work out for long-term health and fitness. I don't work out to compete anymore. Uh, so my intention, uh, when I'm coming in for a workout is going to be different than, uh, someone who is looking to compete, looking to improve their performance, uh, in, in a variety of different ways and might approach the workout more aggressively and have no ill results from it. Uh, if I approach, personally, if I approach a workout real aggressively, I might have some hip pain, I might have some knee pain, I might have some shoulder pain. I'm trying to avoid pain myself. And uh, I don't mind discomfort, 
but I want to have, I don't want to endure joint pain. Uh, so I, um, I've changed my approach in, in recent years to how, um, I, um, pursue my health and fitness goals. So, and that, that fits 99% of the population. Like people, they just want to improve their fitness, feel better, look a little bit better. Um, and that's for us as coaches, we'd be doing you a disservice if we were putting you in a spot that was unsafe and you got hurt. Cause the easiest way to improve your fitness is consistently being able to train and try to work on your fitness. So if we prescribe you something that is way over your capacity and you end up getting hurt, well, you can't train and therefore you're not going to get any fitter. So that's where safety really is the number one priority there. Yeah. And that goes for health and performance. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to that's compete a, yeah, at the highest true. level, you can't get hurt. If you want to just be healthy, you can't get hurt. Uh, and there's just so many modifications we can have that you can still get an increase in fitness without getting hurt. So it's very simple. It just wouldn't make sense not to scale in some cases. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, for that long-term health fitness, I mean, think of it as a lot of folks just want to play with grandchildren and, and do those activities of daily living later on in life and do them successful. Um, and that's a nice goal, right? We don't, we don't want to always leave here feeling absolutely demolished and, and super sore because we want to be able to train. We don't want to lose training days and, and lose um, time to get better. So safety, again, is priority number one, I think, for modifying. Uh, we talk about progressions now. Uh, and, and that's really um, done under a, a lower fatigue um, type status uh, earlier in the workout and with the goal to build skills, uh, but we're not going to perform certain progressions uh, during our metabolic conditioning time at the end of the workout um, where we'll do modified uh, movements to preserve the intensity. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's just like anything, even when you're learning a skill as a kid, like you don't learn, for example, like how to ride a bike going downhill. Like you just, that's not how it works. Like you have to learn it in a, in a controlled setting, like safe you setting. Learn, yeah. In a safe setting, like you learn with training wheels. I think that's a really good kind of like mm -hmm. metaphor to a progression. <clears throat> like you learn the skill with your training wheels, you start to take the training wheels off and you eventually get better at the skill. Um, and when, when we're fatigued, it's harder to think it is. Yeah. It's absolutely harder to think. Uh, and your movement starts to deteriorate a little bit. So there's another thing that you might can affect even be it. reinforcing bad habits to yeah, try to practice the skill. Yes. When you're yeah. Tired. yeah. You know, so you want to build those skills when you're fresh uh, and then you want to build capacity in those skills so that you can perform them, like we said, safely, uh, but then also at a high enough intensity, you get the desired effect of the workout. So, you know, if your one rep max total bar is one rep, we can't be doing 20s total bars in a workout. No that's a time when we know and say the intent of the workout is we want to get your heart rate up. Uh, we want to get some core work in. So we're going to do a toe to bar movement. Then we can scale to a knee raise that way. The heart rate can stay elevated. You could still perform it safely and you still get the uh, desired intent of the core movement or the kipping movement. It's just like doing single unders versus double unders in the workout. If that's a skill that maybe isn't there for you, your heart rate is going to drop if you're just consistently missing double unders or you get mad and you're, and you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. Which is just no fun. Um, versus 
doing single unders, but you're you're gaining more fitness, which will, in the long run is going to allow you to become closer to getting double unders in a workout. Some people don't see it that way, but um, in the grand scheme of it, that's why we're prescribing that scaling option. So, yeah, that was good. That, that kind of ties into our the next thing that we have down to. That I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but the intended stimulus of we want the workout to feel the same for everybody. Um, and I think people who come do the class workouts, they realize that no matter what anybody was doing, they look around after the clock is beeped or whatever. And they're like, well, I'm sweaty. You're sweaty. We're all tired. Like that's, that's the goal. And I think in general that happens pretty consistently. And keep in mind, we're, we're talking about the metabolic conditioning that occurs at the end of the workout. We're not talking about the core and skill work necessarily with the intended stimulus. I guess we kind of are, but when we're talking about being exhausted and sweaty, that's at the end of the workout. Um, Mid-workout when we're doing our strength focus or or Olympic lifting, um, some skill work, we are not exhausted. We might push ourselves to our limits, but the heart rate is not as elevated generally as when we are towards the the tail end of the workout and we're doing our metabolic conditioning. The clock is is up and uh, we're all working kind of as hard as we, we possibly can. Um, in a safe manner. So, yeah, yeah again, the, the intensity within a person's physical abilities, um, we want everybody to feel the same way. Um, if, if someone comes in and is, is, has never done a performed a back squat, their back squat with a hockey stick is certainly going to feel different than someone who's performing a three rep max to, to near failure. Okay. Um, the intended stimulus, one, with the new person, we want to um, get them moving correctly. We might need to scale them back to an air squat, okay, uh, at higher repetition and build um, some re- repetition there uh, in order to um, improve that muscle memory and refine their skills in order to get uh, under a heavier load and, and train the muscular system a little bit differently. When we're getting into the metabolic conditioning, that's when we can really kind of scale back and um, modify certain movements, modify intensities, um, modify the load in order to feel that, like the guys say, feel the same um, everywhere everybody feels the same uh, when that buzzer finally beeps. So that really gets into how the workout should feel. Yeah, and like as our training age, as as we do it more and more and more, um, you know, maybe movements become easier, but we can go faster. Uh, But... Yeah, I think intended stimulus, that's that, that's a really good thing for why we're mo- modifying. I mean, we can all be different. Uh, I could work out with my mother, and we could get the same stimulus deadlifting, whether it's 225 or 45 pounds. We both do 21 reps. could feel the same from that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, another reason to modify is just for recovery. Maybe you've had a very stressful week, right? Outside stress versus workout stress, the body doesn't really know the difference too much. So maybe you just bought a new house and got a new job. Uh, it's a very high level of stress. You can't just keep adding stress on top of that and hope everything's going to be okay. Um, so you need to make sure you modify and maybe you just operate at 70% of your normal intensity. Uh, your, so your normal effort level and you use that day as recovery. And then when you begin to feel better, maybe you've had more time to relax. You've had more time to sleep. You've eaten better. Uh, things have kind of settled down in your life. You can always ramp things back up. You know, one workout isn't going to 
change your results, right? It could get you hurt, that's for sure, but if you just lower the intensity, it could certainly improve uh, your long-term results by allowing you to recover for future workouts. And, tra <clears throat> and training really should be looked at as a long-term thing because like training is for in this realm um, with CrossFit or just any kind of fitness is it's directly re related to your health and your health is long-term. You don't look at your health as like a day-to-day -day thing. It's, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. It should be, can I preserve my health for as long as possible? Can I improve my health and my fitness for as long as I possibly can? I so. think, I think sleep <laughs> goes a, a big way in that recovery too. I mean, some people feel better in the morning versus at night um, or vice versa. And maybe you get out of a schedule, you have to come to a morning workout. It's going to be very tough to hit maybe the same load that you would in the afternoon. That's when we modify and we, we bring it down a little bit because we know we're not used to that time or we didn't get as much sleep. And, uh, that's a nice, I mean, I know personally, that's a good time to pull back some on the weights because just not used to working out at five, six AM. So I think knowing your body as well is a huge component to this why we modify yeah and then lastly like exercise should be fun and sometimes modifying the exercise allows us to have more fun versus than feeling defeated and like um, double unders is probably the best example it's uh, yeah i i would agree that that's like it's maybe, super frustrating for people. Yeah, today you just want to get your heart rate up and sweat a lot, and then double unders are on the board. You know they're very frustrating for you. That'd be the time to scale. You don't need to add that extra stress today. Maybe we attack it a later day. Um, but that's just how you need to view certain things at certain times. Running sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, like, we don't want to. We want to get challenged here, and we want to leave accomplished, um, and not just. Like I've said earlier, like defeated and like we're not having fun, right? The goal is to be safely challenged, consistently challenged, and then leave here feeling good about yourself. So that's, that goes into having fun, right? We, if, we're, if we're always leaving here sad and mad and defeated, that's not fun. So that's where you got to look at it and, and, and maybe modify a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. We want, I mean, you're going to be much more likely to achieve your goals and, um, improve your long-term health and fitness throughout not just this month, next month, this year. We're talking long-term, several years. You're going to be more likely to succeed if you enjoy it, if you have fun. If you don't look forward to it, you will probably not last very long and you will stop exercising if you do not enjoy it. Um, so in, in, in the modifications that you see in, here in the gym, you know, we might scale back double unders. We might like we keep using double unders. It's such an easy example. Um, it's people get frustrated. Okay, I'm going to do single unders today, but Joe over here just got his first double under, and now he's able to string together five or ten, and he's just thrilled. Um, we can enjoy and in other people's find enjoyment in other people's successes and accomplishments as well. Um, so um, th that's some one, another thing to keep in mind. Um, as as we you know embark in this journey i guess together um, where we're all trying to um, work together we've got similar goals and we you know the there's a, a large variety um, in skills and abilities as, as you look around the gym every day yeah finding that balance between challenging but still fun and i think that's 
something unique to CrossFit where people do find a lot of the movements and kind of the intensity is challenging, but they're also fun. And that's what keeps people coming back. And that's our role as coaches to program workouts that allow us to be challenged, but also have fun and um, also kind of create that environment where we are pushing ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it's still in that fun realm of, I guess, suffering a little bit, but not a negative type. Yeah. And I guess kind of wrapping this up, we think that everyone should scale probably at some point, you know, you might scale every single exercise every single day. Other people might scale certain exercises once in a while. Uh, it might do to injury. It might be due to increased stress. It might be just a skill that we don't have yet. And that's totally fine. We expect that. Uh, and we want you guys to always make the correct decision. Also, when you guys scale, you're also learning more kind of about yourselves, right? If maybe we give you a recommendation or maybe you decide on your own to scale. You kind of learn what you can handle and what you can complete with that uh, scaling option you've selected. So I think that's really helpful down the road as well, working out here or working out on your own to help create workouts and uh, do your best in each workout. Yeah, all about longevity, safety, um, and progress. And I think modifying and scaling um, goes a long way in that. So that's everything for us today, I think. Uh, n- next episode, we don't necessarily know what we're going to talk about yet. We have many uh, many options. And you guys feel free to offer out ideas as well. Um, we're more than happy to have topics on that. But um, thanks for joining us again. Um, we'll see you guys or, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next Thursday. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you.